Welcome to the Blue Collar Experts Podcast. I'm your host, Gustavo Tapia, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is for business owners and for future business owners that are looking to take the leap into entrepreneurship. We know this can be scary, stressful, and sometimes feel impossible. This is why it's important we all share our story. Please remember to subscribe, download, and share, as well as leave us a five-star review. With your help, we can get this show to reach more listeners and enjoy this valuable content. We have another great episode for you today. Today's guest is Sandy McCalla, and she is the owner of Life Skills Academy. Sandy, thank you very much for joining today and welcome to the show. Well, thank you for inviting me. Excited about this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited to know more about your business so you can share your story. So this podcast is all about us getting to know a little bit more about what you do, but more importantly, as a business owner, we want you to be able to share your story as what are some things that you've experienced throughout your entrepreneurial life that you can share in terms of um, how you overcame certain obstacles, how you've um, been able to manage certain situations to uh, excel in the business, etc. because we want to be able to have other business owners uh, have a uh, relate to your stories and uh, other potential business owners to find motivation. So uh, yeah, let's get started. How did you get started with your business, uh, Life Skills Academy? Well, um, after, um, after reaching uh, the ripe age to retire, I then had to look around and say, what do I want to do next? And I realized that that while I've had a, a really rich career, I also felt that there were ways in which I could have done better or I could have done more. And I looked back and said, gee, I, I, I didn't get that education. I didn't get that mentoring. I didn't get that um, involvement from people around me, the industry, what have you. And so it struck me, and it had also struck me when I was an etiquette coach uh, with kids that etiquette was not the only thing they were not hearing, <laughs> they were not being taught. And so I thought, gee, I wish that somebody would teach them about money. You know, how does money work? Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to reach out and do that, particularly at a point in time when I felt that I could um, really give back in a sense uh, to the community to continue to reach out to kids uh, Young, young people, and what I call our emerging generations. These are people coming in behind us. How are we investing in them? You know, mm -hmm. And that to me is the most critical point is that I feel like we really miss investing in the people coming up behind us. So um, I wanted to do something that would get together people. I've been in business all my life uh, in sales and marketing. And I wanted to get together people who had learned not only the book knowledge of how life works, um, such as money, uh, such as speaking, such as um, personal organization, being, um, being successful. And I wanted um, to find those people that could take the foundational book knowledge and then say, and this is how it works in the real world, you know, because we know in the book, it all sounds great. And then you get out in the real world or in college, you get out in the real world and you're going, uh, I didn't learn that, you know? Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. I wanted to 
be able to find the people who had sort of cut to the chase, had worked through the issues of putting the, what they had learned into practice and perfecting it and being successful with it. Okay, beautiful. And I agree with you there because, you know, like you said, they're these kids or these younger generation is our, our future. So it's super important. And I can even relate to that even more because I'm a new I'm a new parent. I, I have a newborn and he's only two months old, but like, it's just, I always had this in my mind, but now it's even more like, I need to do this even more and make sure they're um, raised the right way when it comes to etiquette, when it comes to being able to present themselves to um, be able to deal with stress. That's a whole new issue now. I think it's, it's more relevant now than before. People deal with a lot of stress and anxiety. And um, yeah, those things, they really don't teach you that in, in, in elementary school, high school. So yeah. No, no, it, it used to be taught to some degree uh, before. I'm not saying that it was as deep as mm -hmm. parenting is. Parenting mm -hmm. is really deep because that's where what they learn is modeled. Mm -hmm. They see it in everyday life. So whatever is happening in the home is what they're mm -hmm. picking up and learning that that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. And so that's the deeper learning. But then on top of it, to have it reinforced in school is all the better because then they're with their peers mm -hmm. and then they tend to keep each other on track when they learn things, yeah. you know, and so, and they compete a little bit. So it's a very good dynamic to have that uh, life skills taught in that arena. But reality is rather than talking about or being concerned about, should it be the parent, should it be the teacher? I just say, let's just take care of the kid. Mm -hmm. Let's make sure that the kid gets the information and they get it from people that maybe even the parents may not feel as qualified as people who are in, in the business of commerce. And uh, what, what age range do you work with? Well, I like to say seven to 70. So, <laughs> <laughs> because guess what? I've had people come up to me in their 50s and say, well, what about us? You know, okay. we didn't yeah. learn that either. So mm -hmm. I go, yeah, you're right. I, I agree with you. So yeah, we're more than happy to share the wealth and share the information. Okay, nice. And um, is this something that's done locally? You are based in Seattle or is this something that can also be done online? <clears throat> well, it was based locally because I was teaching in classrooms until the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. And then we got completely shut down, of course, and it, as, as it should have been. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've really had to go into the online platform. And that has been the real learning curve. Um, I have educators that are teaching different aspects of life skills. And we're all having to learn how to translate what we do, not on the face-to-face -face level where we're exchanging with an audience, mm -hmm. but on that part where we give that information to somebody uh, that wants it and then help them walk through how are they going to do that if we're not available, if we're not the ones there to interchange with them. So that has been a real learning curve for all of us, which was a surprise to me. But I think it's also kind of where we're going. Uh, I happen to like the online platform personally, but at the same time, uh, I really have to think through, okay, 
I don't just show somebody how to shake a hand. I have to tell them what it feels like, you know, mm -hmm. so that when they do it, they know the connection points and they know what it feels like and what, what it's supposed mm -hmm. to be. So it's a different, a whole different uh, teaching model. And I, I, I imagine, it, I'm guessing it must be harder for the younger kids to be able to learn this online than it is for somebody older, or are you seeing that they're picking up on it actually a little bit better? Well, they're picking up on it as well as anyone else. It is a different, a different approach. You're right. Mm -hmm. But it is, they're used to a lot more online yeah. activity themselves right now, too. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, also so yeah. I also do some tutoring online. And mm -hmm. it's uh, very interesting to be able to communicate. It requires a different communication style, which yeah. is not bad. It's been good to learn, but it's it's just different. Yeah. And are you still doing like local in-person teachings or just strictly online now? No, we're strictly online now at this point because our educators are not local. Yeah. Educators yeah. are in California. Our educators are in Kentucky. Our mm -hmm. educators are in other parts, primarily in Washington right now. But we, when I went out to um, through LinkedIn asking for educators uh, to join us, uh, I had people responding from India and people responding from Europe mm -hmm. um, that were saying, hey, <laughs> I'm interested. What are you doing and how does it work? You know, mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think we're going to uh, I'm excited about the idea of going global personally. And I'm interested in knowing more about that and how you think you were gaining um, visibility in different countries. But uh, before we get to that, I want to know a little bit more about, okay, so now you have this idea of Life Skills Academy. So let's go from like the very beginning, a quick summary on how it is that you get started. So uh, not necessarily like the legal aspect, like, okay, you know, you have to register your business and all that stuff, but now your business is here. How do you get students? What is it that you do? Well, that's a really good point. The, the marketing for people to sign up, we are not advertising to kids. They're not the ones who are buying the classes. Right. The parents are buying the classes and it needs to strike uh, the parents' uh, knowledge of their, their student, their child as to what they need. And what I'm hearing, because I thought at one point we were only talking to the parents, but that's not really the case. We are also talking to the students in that the parents are going to say, hey, this looks like an interesting class. Do you think you want to take it? You know? mm -hmm. And so now we've got two people we're talking to. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes the kids understand it. Sometimes they don't. Um, but uh, how we approach people is several ways, one of which is has been through schools. Uh, is one way, but we, but being online, we can go into a school system and also uh, present, because at this point, the school system has not completely flipped over to online, as you might guess. And however, um, what the news will tell us is that people are leaving the teaching field and uh, in, in large amounts. And so, I believe that they also understand that they can teach online instead of being in classrooms themselves as well. So there's a big change going on right now with the whole teaching environment. And um, 
I think that we're going to see um, a, a balance of, of a hybrid situation like other things are turning into mm -hmm. of online and in person and private. How do you manage, um, so with teachers and I, I may be wrong, I don't know, I'm just curious on how you manage like trainings, if there is any trainings or how have you seen the teachers trainings to the students change over time, like in terms of maybe how often you meet or how many hours per day or uh, different types of um, homework per se that they may have. So how, how do you um, determine those things? And if there have been any changes, how do you make, decide like, okay, it's time to change a certain way we do things? Well, again, we're we're really into a hybrid situation yeah. because online, strictly online, is mm -hmm. not going to carry the day. Um, so what we are learning is that um, we need to be visible. Our, our website will have our educators as visible with mm -hmm. on videos and audios and everything that we can make sure that someone sees who the educator is and do I feel comfortable with that person so that they can decide to take the class. And we're using that as well as uh, the course cre creation industry has been addressing that for course creators. They have been providing a real menu of ways to do their courses, do courses online. So it's everything from actual webinars to one-on-one um, -on -one coaching to uh, the, whole, the whole array of ways that, that teachers are teaching at this point. Um, so we're using exactly that same type of format where we're using all different ways to get the information. And some of it, what we're learning is that while you would sign up for a class and take it so many hours and so many meetings and so forth, we're really finding that um, what we've heard out of the industry is that people don't want to sit an hour or two hours to take a class. They want it in smaller bites and then do application. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Mm -hmm. um, it first of all, being on a screen is a, much harder to keep your attention. And it's harder for even the educator to provide that attention getting information mm -hmm. so that people get, get uh, really engaged. And because of that, we need to look at smaller bites of information and but but thorough and we also need to find a way and we are using ways in which we can have written material that they can download they can have um, digital information as well as um, putting um, putting ourselves on the screen with the information mm -hmm. and talking it through and yeah. uh, as well as having sessions on zoom like this where we meet with everyone and walk through the classes with them. And in that way we group people, but they may buy the material ahead of time. There's, it has opened up so many options of how to get the information, which I think is great. Yeah, I like how you um, display, you know, the team members and the teachers and their pictures. I think, you know, more business owners, in my opinion, can benefit from that showcasing who their team members are who who's going to go to your house to work on a certain project 
uh, similar to like when you have to pick a doctor, I know through my insurance, you can go to the website and they have a whole picture and list of doctors and their bios. And it just makes it easier to like, okay, understand, okay, this is who I'm going to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just makes like, I guess the decision making process a little bit easier and uh, it makes you feel better as well. What um, are some things that you've either had to, um, over the course of the business, have you ever had to like add an additional service or remove a service? Like, how do you determine like, okay, these kids or these adults actually need help in this? How do you identify something new? Is it through like surveys or just general feedback from the teachers? That's a great question. Um, You're absolutely right. Today, we have access to a lot more information. Mm -hmm. And we're able to track who's responding to what, what they think of it. We always do surveys Mm -hmm. um, at the end of a class. We want to know, did this work? What could we do differently? And what can we do to improve? Because we want people to get the best out of this. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we are finding one of the things that was kind of a little bit of a surprise, and it might be for other people who might be doing more of an online type of platform, is that is the focus of learning keywords and learning visuals and really combining the, that combination to really reach out to people who are looking for something specific, who are, uh, uh, for instance, in what we do, a parent has to see us in social media and go, oh, I, I, I don't think my kid knows this. How am I going to get my kid to know this, you know? And so they have, to, it has to trigger in them, those key words have to trigger that when they're looking for that or they're seeing it, that it is going to really paint the picture of what we do and what we offer and how it's a benefit to their to their students mm-hmm. so it's yeah. um it is a different way of presenting it isn't just literature and so, some of us who are writers mm-hmm. have struggled with this you know mm-hmm. we'd like to tell a story but <laughs> we really need to say really need to give our hook statement right up front as to why should you pay any attention to this why should you even read this why should you not just scan this for instance so yes, it's been a whole different style of learning that and getting that technique in place. Uh, and of course, there are people uh, who've been learning that um, in the technology world as well as the social media world and have been really focusing in, and are really sharp in that arena. So it's a, a great resource to reach out and to work with people that will get what you're doing and know how to present it and know how, how know what's moving at what time. Okay, great, great. And how do you determine, um, I guess, and I, I class sizes? Because is this, is this like one-to-one? Could it be one-to-one? Is that an option? Or is it a class of five? How do you figure out what the right number is? Well, you, you bring up an interesting point. It isn't always a class. Mm-hmm. So uh, where, where it's a class is if we are, we presented the material, they have purchased the material and want to walk it through, then we do a class. And what I have found for the most part, particularly when what I tend to focus on is not just the student, I tend to focus on the family. 
in the in the world of etiquette, it's best that the whole family dial in on the whole process instead of now the kids telling the mom how to set the table, right? You know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. So, mm-hmm. so and what I do, what's important is to have everyone su- supporting and modeling for each other mm-hmm. in, in the home. So I uh, create games and fun ways and situations that, what if this happened? What would you do? How would you handle this? How would you treat someone kindly? How would you treat someone with respect? What does that look like? And how do you want to be respected, for instance? Mm -hmm. So those are important things for us to talk through. But we do that on a Zoom call where we will have, my my tendency is to keep it to about 10 to 15 families. Mm -hmm. And that's quite a lot, in my opinion, because there's a lot of dynamics going on (laughs) online even, and particularly in a family scenario so it's it's not always the easiest but that we do restrict it to about 10 to 15 families at a time it can get a little bit crazy like a lot of questions to not enough time sometimes maybe so right 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 exactly we have it all mapped out really well as far as information but we want people to go through and test it out first on their own and then figure out where their questions are and then uh that way we can we can make sure that we're addressing the most important ones if they haven't already worked them out at home so you you still teach absolutely yeah and and how many other teachers do you have at the moment we have right now about six of us total so we have people that are doing uh, two people that are actually working on financial literacy Mm -hmm. as to how does money work what are all the basics what are things to learn and how to how to manage it and how to make it work. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, and I've certainly been guilty of this myself, you think the money is working you, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it shouldn't be that way. It should be the other way around that you have a good handle on it and you're working the money. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a personal organizer who really helps people to uh, learn how to set goals, how to organize what they're working with, <clears throat> how to stay in, in an organized frame of mind, <clears throat> because it really does give you a, a much more base, a solid base uh, of not having to cut through clutter all the time to get things done. Yeah. And do you do the hiring or do you have somebody that uh, works on the hiring? Okay, we're all set up as a, more of a consortium okay. of, of independent contractors. Okay. And so, and the reason I wanted to do that is because I felt that certainly that we have an agreement in place that talks about what the baseline is of working with Life Skills Academy and what the expectation is for them and for us and, and then how, how the framework works. But from there, it really, an educator may come to me and say, how do you want this to be done? And I say, well, how do you want it to be done? And how do you think it's the most effective? I want them very engaged in the development of it and the development of what they're teaching because that's them. And that to me is important that their personality, their skill set, and their knowledge comes through because if it doesn't come through it, then we're back in the classroom and I want it to be much more engaging than that. If the, if the educator is engaged, guess what happens in the classroom? The student gets engaged. The students engaged. Absolutely. It makes a big difference. So, it's more important to me that the educator have um, 
have some skin in the game, as they like to say, mm-hmm. right? And how are you mentioned something like uh, a lot of the times people may have trouble in in any industry in any business, like may have trouble hiring people. So maybe if you can go back to like those beginning times, like what do you think? Did you use any tools or did you reach out to any specific groups when it was at one time that you needed to hire your first educator or your second educator? Um, what are some things that you did to, to get those people? To, to hire, to uh, identify educators? Yeah, like to find an educator, yeah. Or right. it was, the, yeah, like before um, you were, the first ones, one of the first ones, like what, what platforms did you use? Mm-hmm. Or okay. How did you go about? Well, in the beginning, um, I started off as a nonprofit. Um, that was my first step. And uh, then people would keep saying to me, why are you a nonprofit? I said, mm-hmm. I don't know. It sounded right. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But I then made the change to a for-profit. And um, I hired a board of people that I knew through networking that I personally um, connected with people and knew what their skill set was, what their temperament was, what their style was. So I pretty much knew that already going in. Um, identifying people beyond that, uh, which I just recently did, where I reached out through LinkedIn and said, this is what we're hiring. This is what we're looking for. And I learned a really valuable lesson right off the top. I put in the title of the position as being a special educator because it is a special educator but it came in and I had many people who said I do special ed and I go oh wait a minute that's not exactly what I was thinking of (laughs) but I mean I agree that we need that but that's not what I was thinking of I was thinking of a different special education so I learned that really quickly up front that I need to uh, rename that that name of what we're looking for in reaching out, I had a tremendous response. I think within two days, I had over 35 people saying, I'm interested, I'm, let's talk. And <clears throat> so I went through all the um, backgrounds, the resumes and uh, the interest to see if there was a, a connection. And there was a lot of connection. And uh, so I responded and let them know pretty much what I was looking for and also corrected my, my naming um, error and um, and at that point could give them more information of what it is I was working with. Um, we really drilled down at the end of the day to one candidate that by the time they got through looking at what we're doing and what have you that they felt there was a match that they wanted to participate in. Mm-hmm. So um, we got one candidate out of that, but I'm happy with that. I'm, I think that yeah. that was successful personally. And we will do that again, uh, going out through LinkedIn and uh, offering. But I probably will do a little bit more information on what is involved. And um, one of the first things that I do with anyone who is interested is have them sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement, not because we're doing anything like rocket ships. <laughs> this is all very basic stuff. But at the same time, we just want to go ahead and proceed on with the development of this academy so that we aren't being concerned with the competitive issues. I wanted mostly a collaborative environment for everybody. And anyone who is um, 
that signs up as an educator with Life Skills Academy, um, right up front, we say this is not a competitive situation. It's a collaborative situation. We're all working on this together yeah. because all there's no one brain that has all the information we need, right? Mm -hmm. And particularly not mine, but... <laughs> Uh, so I want to make sure that people do get engaged, do get involved, and bring their best gifts to the table to to create this this environment. Right. Okay. And and what are some things that you are uh, doing now to um, make more students aware of your program and you know potentially uh, get them interested in in signing up? Great, great question. So social media is huge, as you might guess, and getting the information out, being consistent. Uh, we're blogging every week, getting a, a, a snippet of information out that people can go, oh, these people know what they're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, we're getting that out every week. And we're also uh, getting into the whole flow of social media, which is its own, own entity of its own. It's a life of its mm -hmm. own. And it's important to um, to bring all that together, as well as, as you might guess, with six different people, they all have six different levels of understanding of what is social media and what does that look like. But the good news is, at the end of the day, I filter it through. I'm sort of the editor, so to speak, and I filter it through, and then we get to share on all of our social media because it impacts everybody. So we get to utilize uh, a much broader base of, of uh, reach and we get a chance to get in front of more people that way and more parents. Uh, and we do everything from uh, LinkedIn through uh, Facebook, through Pinterest, you, you name it. Yeah. We're in all of it. That's good because I think the important part here is to be consistent with it. And then over time, you're eventually going to continue to reach more people more people are probably going to share it mm -hmm. and that's when you're going to start in the earlier in the conversation you mentioned that um people from other countries have also been interested in the program so mm -hmm. eventually um you will become more known so it's good that you're, you're utilizing social media uh to uh, generate more awareness uh to bring in uh, potential new students or parents families and let them know of your services uh, Sandy, if someone is looking for your services, what is the best way to get in contact with you? The best way is through Life Skills Academy. We have a website. Um, it's LifeX. When we went to when I went to change from the nonprofit to the for-profit, dot com mm -hmm. went away. So mm -hmm. I was like, uh oh, now mm -hmm. what do I do? And I found dot expert, and I thought, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I did that one. So yeah. Life Skills Academy expert uh, is where we're located. We have all of our classes listed. They can link and um, look at them as well as buy them at that time <clears throat> that they want to. Then um, we're putting out the uh, blogs all the time. And then we also have been developing a, an email list to get newsletters into so we can do specifics, um, posts and specific information those who've already said I want to stay in touch with this you know okay. so we're, we're doing that as well um, <clears throat> the other I, I, I would say the best one is is to go through the website, the website. okay and this is now um, available worldwide 
ages mm -hmm. from seven to 70. And you help with, or maybe you can say it better, but from what I'm seeing on your website, uh, career development, etiquette and social intelligence, financials, public speaking, and a few more things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, as we go along, we have people come up to us and say, have you thought of, and, and mm -hmm. we definitely will always entertain that. And we also have people show up and say, gee, I really think we need to add this into the, and this organization, while it says academy and it sounds like it's brick and mortar, it's mm -hmm. not, it's yeah. fluid. And we want it to be fluid. We want it to meet the needs and again, to really support those people coming in behind us and yeah, that they can, they can learn some of this stuff without having to be thrown out into the pond without the, mm -hmm. without the, the, what do you call them? The, uh, safety yes, have them prepared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good thing. Yeah, um, well, thank you. We'll put that information in the show notes and if anybody, is interested or wants to know more uh, they'll definitely have your website link to know more information and being able to get in contact with you uh, i want to thank you again for being on the show i also want to thank the audience for listening to the podcast please remember to leave us a review and subscribe download and share our content your support is very much appreciated and helps us out so much tune in next time for another great entrepreneur story